The Power Zone Sports Podcast is brought to you by Titan Home Lending, TicketSmarter.com, and our Florida realtor, Drew Felios. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is to be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one. Swag lane drive left field. One run is in. Here comes Green. Here's the run of the play. He is safe. Green run. This is the Powers on Sports podcast. All right, welcome in Powers on Sports podcast. The Week before Christmas edition of the Powers on Sports podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. L- less than two weeks to go to Christmas. When you guys are listening to this podcast, you might be as little as seven or eight days before Christmas. So if you haven't started, you better get going. Whether you're an online shopper or you like to go out in the stores here lo- locally or all the different variable things you like to do as far as shopping. You better get moving if you haven't already done so. Um, again, welcome to the podcast. We've got a good uh, episode for you this week. We're going to talk to TJ Reeves on a potpourri of topics in the sports world. We're going to talk to TJ about the breaking news just coming out on Wednesday. Draymond Green suspended indefinitely from the by the NBA. We're going to talk that. We're going to talk a lot of NFL. We're going to talk a little fantasy playoffs. We're going to talk a little college football. And we're, I'm even going to give you a story, a bad, not a great holiday story for me uh, with Mr. Reeves. We're going to talk about something that happened to me this week relative to uh, thievery and such. So uh, you will enjoy our chat with Mr. Reeves as he is getting ready to embark Excuse me. On a weekend at Lambeau Field following the Buccaneers as they travel up to Green Bay in a critical NFC <coughs> division and wild card game against the Green Bay Packers. <coughs> up at Lambeau on Sunday afternoon, one o'clock. So uh before we get to TJ, I want to hit on a couple of points. A couple of topics. There's been a lot of big news going on in the, in the world of sports this week. Shohei Otani signed his free agent deal. He had a very uh, interesting contract that he signed, which is gonna has gotten a lot of people angry. Uh, we're gonna talk. I'm gonna give you a little uh, perspective on the Kadarius Tony offside situation in Kansas City last Sunday between Kansas City and Buffalo when you had the unbelievable play by Kelsey catching the ball and then throwing the lateral back to. To Tony, who then scored, but all for naught as Tony lined up off sides. And also going to give you some powers picks uh, before we get to Mr. Reeves and uh, our chat with Mr. Reeves on the potpourri of topics that we're going to hit on. So uh, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform. Remember, you can find us on Twitter and X at JPO Sports. Love to hear your comments and feedback. Uh, share the power podcast with your friends. We're always looking for new new uh, listeners and subscribers. Um, you can find all the video content, my video chat with TJ, 
all the video chats we've done on all my podcasts, the Powers on Sports podcast, the No Quarter Given podcast, which is an all Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, as well as the Florida Football Insiders podcast, which focuses on college football here in the state of Florida throughout the year. So any of those archived video conversations that I've had, you can go to the Jason Powers Sports Channel on YouTube and take a, take a look. We've had people like Charlie Ward on in the last month, Chris Stewart, voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're going to have some great guests for you here as we get towards the college football playoff. Uh, I'm going to have uh, try to get a representative of all four college football uh, teams that are still alive. Uh, you're going to hear their perspective of their team leading into the college football playoff. We're obviously going to talk, continue to talk NFL uh, as we as the playoffs. We're getting to the home stretch of the regular season. So much to be decided in both the AFC and NFC. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of great stuff. Again, go back to the archives. You've missed anything. Again, Charlie Ward. We've had Brad Johnson, Super Bowl winning quarterback. We've had Coach Jim Levitt, former head coach of University of South Florida. Lots of good guests from all over the country. I've got a former first-round NFL wide receiver that's going to join us in the next couple of weeks as well. Working on getting that set up for you. A guy that played on a very famous college football team back in the early 2000s that you will recognize uh, when we talk to him. So lots of great stuff that we've talked about and we're going to continue to talk about here on this podcast. But let's hit on a couple of points before we get to TJ. First off, let's hit Kadarius Tony, the controversial penalty of off- offensive offsides against Tony. Uh, remember, uh, I'm going to give you the perspective of an official. I've been refereeing for 22 years at the high school level. I've done some pretty high-level uh, high school games. i fortunate enough to referee two state championship games in the state of Alabama, as well as some high-level games here in the state of Florida. Um, I've refereed uh, various college scrimmages and such. And the question of the day is, should the down judge have called Kadarius Tony offsides at that moment, without a minute, minute and thirty left in the game, uh, again Kansas City was down three points in Buff at home. Uh, the game was they were on about the Buffalo forty. Uh, Tony lined up, let, lined up offsides. A uh, couple things about this: one, if you haven't already seen so, go find Dan Orlovsky, the ESPN analyst online. He did a great job outlining <clears throat> and showing us the audience. There were five or six other plays in the game where Kadarius Toney um, lined up in, in exactly the same spot, theoretically offsides, and there was never an offsides call at that point. But yet the but the, yet the down judge uh, decides to make that call with a minute twenty, minute thirty left in the game on Sunday in Kansas City. Um, my thought on the process: a couple things as far as officiating goes that you maybe don't hear. Officials don't want to make these kind of calls. Uh, these are kind of, in our world, it's called the kind of the ticky-tack kind of things, just like they don't want to call illegal formation fouls. They don't, we don't like calling, um, you know, when the, when the line is a little bit, is a little bit off the line of scrimmage, or maybe the slot receiver is not quite off the line of scrimmage. We referees at all levels, if you're a good referee, you don't want to be making these ticky-tack calls, especially in a late game situation of two really good teams. Uh, was Kadarius Tony technically by the letter of the law offsides? Yeah, by a couple of inches, sure. But I could also make the argument on the exact same play that Vaughn Miller's helmet, if you see, if you watch the replay, Vaughn Miller's helmet was leaned over into the neutral zone as well, which technically is offsides. Um, 
you know, you've, you've heard the argument all week, should the line judge give a warning to the offensive team, whether it's Andy Reid or, or communicate to the receiver to back up? Remember, it's hard to do. You're in a 70,000, 75,000-seat stadium. Sometimes it's not easy to get the guy's attention, and he was lined up in the slot really close to the formation, so he's probably 15, 18 yards away from the receiver, so it's hard to get his attention to back up if he's close. Usually the receiver will look at the down judge and give him a thumbs up or thumbs down, and the uh, referee will correspond, yet good or not. Um, this didn't look like it happened. Um, in my view, would I have called that? I probably would not have because there really is no advantage gained. It's not like Tony gained an advantage by being two inches off sides. Again, was he technically by the letter of the law off sides? Probably. But just like holding, just like defensive holding, just like pass interference, there's contact on a lot of plays where there's not necessarily a foul. Was there an advantage gained? I don't. I, I can't say that there was. Obviously, uh, Tony had lined up that way several times and not been penalized or not been warned to back up. So he probably thought, okay, I'm going to line up the same place I've been lining up all day. Uh, again, is it his job to be behind the ball? Absolutely. But in that situation, would I have called that? Would, would Buffalo have gone crazy if, he, if, if they would have scored a touchdown without there being a call? I don't think so. But in the other part of this situation, you saw the reaction by Patrick Mahomes post-game or after the drive ended and Kansas City got stopped. He went nuts on the sidelines and was really critical of the officiating in the NFL uh, after the game as well as Andy Reid. Um, you know, there's, a, there's an argument to be made that you want the players to win the game, and there's also an argument to be made that the players have to adhere to, by the basic rules of the game, which are lining up correctly and all that. If it was me as that down judge... I'm probably not going to call that, to be honest with you. Um, I would have called it if it was an egregious offsides, if his whole foot was over the line, but he was over the line by a couple of inches, in my view. I'm probably not calling that, but I can understand why the referee called I wish the referee would have called it in the second quarter when he did it for the second or third time or corrected it in the second or third quarter when he kept lining up that way, but he didn't. Um, and again, remember the frustration from Kansas City as well. Remember they got they got the short end of the stick the week before in Green Bay on the pass interference call. And here's another point that I've not heard a lot of people talk about. On the third down play after the Kadarius Tony penalty, if you watch the game, Patrick Mahomes Mahomes and the Chief offense go on a hard count, and you see Vaughn Miller flinch, and it looks like to me that he gets into the neutral zone prior to the ball being snapped by Mahomes on third down. It was third and 15. There was no call on third and 15 on, on Vaughn Miller being in the neutral zone. That would be the argument I would have if I'm Mahomes. Is if you're going to call my guy for being offsides on second down, then you have to call Vaughn Miller for flinching and kind of getting in the neutral zone a little bit on the third down call, which ended up being an incomplete pass, and they obviously didn't convert on fourth down. That, to me, is where the argument could be had by Mahomes and Andy Reid about the consistency of the officiate. Again, was Andy was, was Tony offsides by the letter of the law? Yes. Is that something you want to be calling as an NFL down judge with a minute 20 left in a great game? 
I don't think it is, just like you don't want to be calling an illegal formation on a receiver who doesn't quite get off the ball when he lines up in the slot. and He's supposed to be off the ball, but he's dead even with the wide receiver who's on the ball. They never call that, nor should they, uh, for 99.9% of the time, just like they don't call when guys go in motion and they turn up the field just a touch before the ball snapped. They don't ever call that either. So in my view... Was it was it technically a foul? Yes. Was it a foul that you could easily pass on? In my opinion, it is. Um, and again, that's just my opinion. I know everybody has different views on that. Different officials. Uh, we don't. We as the officials should don't want to be ruining great game, great finishes in the last couple of minutes by ticky tack little things. If it's an advantage gain situation because a guy's offsides, that's a different story. I.e., a defensive end potentially getting a half a step head start on a lineman, that's an advantage. But a but a but a receiver lining up two inches offsides in theory is not an advantage for anybody on the offense. Is it technically a foul? Yes, but I don't think it's an advantage. I don't love that they called that, but again, I you know I can't. Um, there's a lot more other things. That, that we're getting scrutinized in the world of officiating in the NFL than should be than that. And that to me that was one that you could have you could have passed on if I, if it was me. All right. There's my thought on that. Let's transition to Shohei Otani signs a seven hundred million dollar ten year deal with the Dodgers. The interesting part of this this deal is apparently about six hundred and eighty million dollars of it is going to be deferred till like twenty thirty four. He's going to get paid all that money, the deferred money between 2034 and like 2043, something like that. So he's basically making about $2 million bucks a year with the Dodgers in real money. Um, he's getting paid every bit of it over the course of, uh, of the next 20 years, but um, only about $2 million is going to cost the Dodgers each of the next 10 years, which is going to then allow the Dodgers to go out and spend more money on other free agents. Uh, I give Otani credit. There's nothing against the rules from doing this, and I give the Dodgers credit. Apparently, this was an Otani suggestion about the deferred money. Remember, Otani's probably making between forty and fifty million dollars a year in endorsement money off the field with his global uh, deals in Japan, here in the United States, uh, in Asia, and all over the place. So, money's not a problem for Otani, and I give him Otani credit. Why not take the money when you're 40-something years old? Between you're 40 and 50 years old, you, you're going to make a ton of money in those years as well. So the income flow will continue to be at an enormous level all the way to your early 50s, which I think is a smart idea from a financial perspective. Uh, the tax break will be better down the road, I'm sure, um, and all that good stuff. So give, give Otani credit. I blame, if you don't want this to happen in Major League Baseball, this can never happen in the NBA or the NFL because of the salary cap. If you don't want this kind of stuff to happen, if you're uh, uh, owners of other teams, then put together a salary cap. There should be a salary cap in baseball. For there not to be is ridiculous. There is a luxury tax, and I get it. But again, give the Dodgers and give Otani credit for being creative and how they structured the deal, which will allow them to go get other guys down the road. By the way, top three guys in that lineup, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Shohei Otani. That's pretty damn good if you if you ask me. One, two, three, and you got Will Smith and other guys. The Dodgers will definitely be in the market for some big pitching. Uh, people thought he might go to Toronto because of the global appeal of Canada, but Toronto is not uh, in the mix here. Uh, and again, from his, from Otani's perspective, 
great weather, great team. You're closer to Japan as far as being on the West Coast, shorter flight, shorter travel. Uh, you're comfortable out in LA. You, you know the LA market. You've been out there for six years. You're just transitioning from Orange County to LA County. Um, you know, it's a shot to the Angels, obviously, and it's a disappointment for the Angels. He's not going back there. It's a disappointment for the Giants, who apparently had the, potentially the same offer on the table. He he could have been a great fit in San Francisco as well, uh, with the with the uh, with the Asian population that's in San Francisco. A lot of people thought Seattle might be in the mix, but he ends up with the Dodgers, the 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 uh, monsters of the of the West Coast as far as baseball goes. Um, the Yankees obviously make the trade for Juan Soto, uh, so they they fortified their roster. They've got one more year till he goes to free agency, so we'll see how that goes. Did they get an extension done with Soto before the baseball season starts? So, big news in uh, like I said, baseball with those two big signings. The winter meetings wrapped up in Nashville last week. You'll see some other big move, moves happening. The Dodgers are in play for for uh, Tyler Glass now of the Rays. That's that seems to be the their their big pitching target. Uh, remember, Friedman is the GM of the Dodgers. He used to be with the Rays, so he knows Glassnow very well. He's the one that made the trade for Glassnow from the Pirates. So, again, expect to see Glassnow, who's scheduled to make about $25 bucks a year in arbitration with the Rays. They can't afford – they allegedly can't afford that. Who knows what they can really afford. That's the mystery down here in Tampa is how much can Stu Sternberg really afford versus how much he's really paying out in salary. Lots of questions down here about his uh, financial viability. A lot of people think he's hiding a bunch of money. We will see. Uh, hopefully those numbers eventually come out. But Glass now is on the on the on the dead eye radar of the Dodgers as far as to fortify that pitching staff, and obviously they they brought in Otani. Remember, Otani will not pitch this year because of the arm injury. Uh, most likely, will be a DH all year, and he will hopefully pitch in twenty twenty five. So. Canarius Tony, there's your there's your explanation on Tony from an officiating perspective. Otani, we're gonna go to T.J. Reeves, Buccaneer Radio. We're gonna get do a potpourri. Remember, Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely by the NBA following his uh, waylay uh, you know, slugging of uh, Yurkic for the Suns. Uh, remember, John Morant suspension is wrapping up here pretty soon, so we'll interesting to see how that goes. Uh, how he he gets reintegrated and in, back into the league and what the fan reaction to that is. Uh, again, we're going to talk to TJ about a potpourri of things from Draymond to Al Michaels and NBC, that drama, to the AFC and NFC playoff pictures, a little fantasy football uh, and such. So uh, you'll enjoy my chat with TJ, who's always great when it comes to the analysis and good, good opinions and all that stuff. And again, we're going to preview his trip to Lambeau Field in the in, in this weekend with the Buccaneers and the Packers. All right, let me give you three picks for the weekend. Again, fantasy playoffs start for a lot of people. I did make my two fantasy playoff leagues. Uh, I beat the number one team in the league last week to clinch, and then I had two big two big wins last week, so that was good uh, to clinch. I've got a, you know, we'll see. We've got a good team. Just got to go do it come playoff time now. I actually have a rematch with the guy that I, with the number one seed that I beat last week to get in. I play him again in the first round of the playoffs this week. So we'll see if I can beat my man GP Devastation Incorporated a second time in a row for the pewter power. So, and then in my Tuscaloosa T Town League, I'm going to play the uh, my other perennial rival, 
the the pre-dog nights, my buddy Dave up in Columbus, Ohio, me and Dave square off in round one of our uh, fantasy playoffs. So as well. So all right, let's give me let's give you three picks for the for the NFL slate this weekend. Remember, there's three games on Saturday this week, starting at one o'clock. You got Minnesota, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, and the Colts, and then Saturday night, Denver and Detroit, in a very interesting game up in Detroit. Sunday night, you have a very good game, Jacksonville, Baltimore, down here in Jacksonville, and then Monday night, the Eagles go to Seattle to see the Seahawks in a game that's uh, got got implications as well. Um, the big game of the week to me is probably going to be. Baltimore and Jacksonville, and then you got the Cowboys in Buffalo. Because remember, Buffalo obviously getting out of Kansas City with their with their playoff lives. That is a team we're going to talk about with TJ as well. That you'll hear some comments are. So let me give you three picks that I like for the weekend. Number one, I like Jacksonville plus the three and a half on Sunday night. I think the Jags will play this game very close to Baltimore. Remember, Baltimore played to overtime last week in Baltimore with the punt return for a touchdown in OT to beat the Rams. Jacksonville lost in Cleveland. Uh, very uh, surprised that uh, Trevor Lawrence was able to play, but he actually played okay. Threw a couple picks, but he had three touchdowns. I expect him to be better uh, this week in a, in a game they need to, to win. Uh, but I, I do like the Jags plus the three and a half. I don't, th- I don't know if they can win the game, but I think it'll be a very, very close game Sunday night in Jacksonville. So give me Jacksonville plus the three and a half. I like Cleveland at home minus the three and a half against Chicago. Joe Flacco's got a little resurgence in Baltimore. I mean, in Cleveland, that defense has played really well at home. Remember, Chicago beat Detroit last week. Justin Fields. I think Schwartz's defense. Miles Garrett will contain Justin Fields. I like Cleveland at home. I like Amari Cooper and Flacco. Remember, Njoku scored two touchdowns last week. Flacco and Njoku are getting along really well there. So I like Cleveland at home, minus three and a half. And I also like the Kansas City Chiefs laying the nine and a half in New England. Speculation about Bill Belichick's future, that the decision has already been made by Robert Kraft. I think, again, offensively, they're very challenged up in New England. I know Kansas City will be very tight, uh, will be very uh, uh, buttoned up this week after the, the last week they had. I expect Kansas City to play very well on Sunday in New England, minus the 9.5, lay the 9.5 with New with Kansas City. I think you're going to see a Mahomes 31-10 kind of win, 31-13 situation. I just don't think Kansas City is going to be able to, 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 to allow New England to score much point. I think I don't think New England will score more than 14 points in the game. Uh, they did beat Pittsburgh last week on Thursday night, but I like Kansas City Big Sunday in Foxborough to almost kind of put the misery, put Bill Belichick out of his misery with three games to go. So those are my picks. Kansas City laying the nine and a half, Cleveland laying three and a half, and give me Jacksonville plus the three and a half at home Sunday night. And I do have Trevor Lawrence on my fantasy team, so that might play into it a little bit. But I really do think Trevor, they, they could win the game, and I do think the three and a half will be enough. So, all right, enjoy TJ Reeves. We're going to be back in just a minute after – a couple of words from our sponsors. And again, you'll enjoy TJ Reeves. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review it if you haven't already done so. Tell your fellow friends and sports fans that you know about the podcast. Again, YouTube channel for the video interviews, Jason Powers Sports Channel on YouTube. You'll see all the video interviews as well and all the archives. And you can get all the all the archived podcasts on the on your favorite podcast platform, Powers on Sports Podcast. So appreciate you finding us. 
and have a great weekend. Get to get to that Christmas shopping. Not many days left. About 10 days to go or so till Christmas. Enjoy TJ Reeves. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home? Are you looking to get into a, a single family residence, condo, townhouse, duplex, whatever it is? If you need financing help to get pre-approved, which you need to do, reach out to Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers. We'll get you approved in less than 24 hours. We'll get you qualified, figure out what you can afford, and we will get you in a position to be able to make that offer. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending. We can help you with an FHA loan, a VA loan if you're a veteran, a conventional loan, a bank statement loan. We can help you with a investment property, a second home. Whatever their financing needs are, reach out to me, Titan Home Lending and Jason Powers, 205-790-1404. As we roll into the holiday season of November and December, and you are looking to either buy a gift or potentially go in person to see your favorite NFL game, college football, Major League Baseball, the World Series is wrapping up, NHL season is just underway, and now the NBA. Ticketsmarter.com is your place to go for tickets on the secondary market. Whether it's the app, the Ticketsmarter.com app, it is the ideal place to buy tickets on the secondary market. And I've got a special code for you to save you some money. Powers10 is the code. Use Powers10 if you want to save 10 bucks on a purchase of $100 or more. Or you can use the code POWERS20 and save $20 on a $300 purchase. Again, you can use this code as many times as you like all over the country, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, the college football season wrapping up, bowl games, college football playoff, whatever it is, Ticketsmarter.com and the Ticketsmarter app is the place to go. All right, welcome back, Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. Remember, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me at JPO Sports on Twitter and X, and the uh, you can find the video content that we're getting ready to have Mr. TJ Reeves. You can find that video content and all other video content from the podcast, from the Power, Powers on Sports, Florida Football Insiders, No Quarter Given Podcast, Jason Powers Sports Channel on YouTube. So, Check it out. We had in the last month or so, we've had Charlie Ward, 90, 1993 Heisman Trophy winner. A lot of great video over the last year. If you missed out throughout the year, go back and check out the archives, whether it's the video or the podcast archives. You will enjoy it. You'll have some free time here in the holidays. You'll want to get away from family after a while on Christmas <laughs> Day, Christmas Eve, all that good stuff. Speak for yourself on that. On that voice there, let's welcome in Mr. T.J. Reeves, Buccaneer Radio Network, host of the uh, Bet US TV basketball show. He does all kind of great stuff, boxing, basketball, this time of the year. College football is about done. He'll probably have a bowl, a show maybe about the bowl games, but I know he does this Three Dog Thursday podcast. And most importantly, he's getting out the winter gear as he gets ready to head to the frozen tundra, hopefully not too frozen, this weekend up in Lambeau. Mr. Reeves, welcome in. Always good to be with you. And yes, I'm layering up now as we speak. Uh, great stuff there about uh, the relatives. You got to take it in small doses. Pace yourself. I love that. Uh, and you, you're a man of many hats, too. I have lots of hats. You have lots of hats. It's better than not being busy enough. 
I guess, is the way that we will approach that. So I am at your service, whether it's NFL or whatever else is on the brain. Fire away, my friend. We are going to do a little potpourri. But first, I got to tell you, Mr. Reeves. Yes. My Wednesday evening has not mm. been great. I know what's coming. I know <laughs> I, I'm I'm here for you. But for the audience, I know what's coming. Go ahead. I, I was doing a standard little Wednesday afternoon visit to the gym. I ended up going in the hot tub. I didn't do a whole lot at the gym, to be honest with you, today. It was kind of a relaxing day. Went to the hot tub, went in the pool for a little bit. I come back out of my into my car, was going to go buy my parents a, a Christmas gift certificate, a restaurant. I go down to look in my wallet, and guess what? My car has been broken into. Oh. Driver's license, debit card, two credit cards, all gone. And most happy holidays. And the worst, happy yes. holidays, everybody. God and, almighty. And the worst part was within five minutes of me realizing this, I'm getting alerts that my, both credit cards and the debit card for the total of about $3,000 has been hit up at the Walmart about a mile down the street from my gym already within about a 30 minute span. So now I'm having to deal with no credit cards, no debit cards, filing police reports, no mm. driver's license. I guess it could be worse. Thank God it could be worse. Yeah, it smash your windows. You're not injured. Uh, thieves, plural, obviously, going to work there. In the words of Shaka Khan, you and I are children of the '80s. I feel for you, brother. Yeah. We're going to get you through this. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a shame that you have horrible people out there this time of year that are doing this kind of stuff. So I'm here for you. Uh, you and I had been talking already today, and I said, <laughs> if you need me, and then you called me back, and I thought you were just lining up the interview, and you're like, get a load of my Wednesday, and then yes. you laid it on me. So, um, uh, yeah, I do feel for okay. you, and the good the good news is the TPD for the audience, the Tampa police, on the case for Brother Powers, what did you tell me you had like a you had like a squadron of, of officers and detectives that Ooh. took off? Because as I said to you, I don't think you were alone. If, from what it sounds like, they were probably professionals, and they probably hit more than one vehicle, and yep. they realized the authorities, we got a widespread issue here and got to go figure out who these people are, especially if they are surveillance. Uh, if there's surveillance video, they're under surveillance doing this. Uh, it, it's likely that Brother Powers is going to be famous on the local news because they're going to be talking about whoever – Hit you and others, because I predict there are others. Yeah, I owe you lunch if there's not others. I bet no. there are others. Yeah. I bet it's going to end up on the news. Have you seen these people that are walking around a Walmart with a 70-inch TV and, and eight other electronic items, yeah. and nobody at the bloody Walmart bats an eye and wants to see somebody's ID while they're going and buying all this $2,100 worth of stuff or $3,000 combined, so... Happy uh, holidays, but you've got a good attitude about it. That's what I love about you. I will help you. Others will help you. The cops are going to help you. We'll right. figure it all out. But I know it's uh, it's awful to go through right now. Yeah, it's just a pain to have to worry about getting credit cards reissued, debit cards, and especially this time. Get your ID. Go yeah, down and see the folks at the like, DMV yeah. and try to convince them about what happened. But uh, we'll make it. News, we'll make it. The good news is you're okay. The money can be restored. It may take a little bit of time. No I'm damage to the car. No, no damage, damage to the, to the car, car that's, that's, which yep. is amazing because that's what tells me it's professionals. The fact, yeah. again, I am no Perry Mason here to go in the Wayback Machine, Sherlock Holmes, whatever. But if they didn't break your windows, then you're dealing with professionals. 
And that means they hit other people on Wednesday besides you. So uh, there we go. I'm here for you. I'll let's fans, make sure up. you lock your car. Make sure you double yes. check. Cover up your wallet and your merchandise, especially if you're Christmas shopping. Oh, yeah, don't leave anything in the car if you can prevent it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'm here for you. Change the subject, whatever you want. I'm at your disposal on the Powers on Sports podcast, brother. Let's go to some more pleasant topics. How about Draymond Green indefinitely suspended by the NBA breaking Wednesday night? Your thoughts? Uh, so for fans that have not seen it, how, what's the defense? He turned and took a swing at Nurkic, the big center for Phoenix. Yeah. This is the 83rd, the 97th or the 109th time that he's done something to get a technical or be ejected or thrown a punch or choke somebody. And I, the league's going to have to come down like 10 games, maybe even 25 games. Yeah. And as much as you might think that's ridiculous that it's a quarter of the season, if you're going to deter this yep. from him and from others, yep. I mean, that's the way to go. That's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? I say minimum 15 games. Minimum 15. He's already been suspended, what, four or five games this year for something else he did earlier in the year. You know, this is, this is, this is, this is I hate to say it, this is the modern day Dennis Rodman. I mean, not, and he's worse than Rodman. Rodman never Agreed. really not got into fights, and he he would do stupid stuff with the officials. And we remember him kicking the cameraman in the one instance. But I mean, I'm shocked that the Warriors, and I know y- y- everybody can make the justification, well, he's the enforcer for the team. But at some point, we got to hear from Steph Curry publicly to say, hey, man, we're tired of this, this nonsense. Right. Cause it's killing it, it's killing their team too. He's an important cog on their team. They're already on the downslide of the dynasty. They need every bit of help they can get and losing that Agreed. guy in 20 games. And don't you help. believe that this started when it was last preseason when he threw the punch at his teammate Jordan yep. Poole yep. and connected in a practice? And there's video of it. And here's the indictment again. Steve Kerr did nothing. The Warriors did nothing to him about that and when you uh enable somebody when you basically look the other way and enable them to get away with that behavior you get what you get and this is just continued it's continued and uh not made to behave and now the league is finally going to step in so there you go there's the take and you worry and you and uh, in all seriousness you worry about his mental stability there's something i mean whether there's something going on off the court we don't know but like Nurkic said in the post game this dude, this brother's got a problem. I mean, right. I mean, ain't like, I mean, I guarantee you most of the league, it ain't just being a tough guy. That is a, I mean, the guy, Nurkic wasn't even, barely even fouled him. He, he probably fouled him, but he did nothing egregious, nothing, you know, out of line. I mean, that Certainly was Certainly not to warrant turning, you know, no. turning around and taking a swing with a fist at him. And acting like um. he was flopping, acting like it was a flailing arm, like he didn't mean to do. I mean, come on, come on. Crazy. So we'll see. You think 15. I don't think 25 is too much. Maybe it's 10, but you got to send some kind of a message here because the, the rest is not getting through. And the interesting part is John ja Morant's about to come back from his suspension here pretty soon. So we'll see how that situation unfolds and all that stuff in the NBA. Um, Can I share one other NBA nugget with you? Because I was not yeah. aware of this really until the last day or so <laughs> that, uh, the I thought when Victor Wimbanyama ended up in San Antonio that this was the next coming. That this was like uh, LeBron, Kareem, Kareem, Michael Jordan, Kareem, Kareem yeah. Bird, Magic all rolled into one. 
<laughs> they lost at the time we're doing powers on sports. They've lost again to the Lakers on Wednesday night, midweek. That is 18 consecutive losses yep. after a three and two start. Dare I say it on the powers on sports podcast, Holy Dion Sanders. <laughs> I mean, a funny thing happened on the way to Victor Wimbanyama being the rookie of the year and a phenom and the Spurs are back. 18 straight losses. They can't beat anybody in the last six weeks. And the worst, part, the worst part, they don't have the longest losing streak in the league. The Pistons have lost like 21 in a row. 21 in a row. What is going on that you're <laughs> that bad? But I mean, the Wimbanyama thing, again, it is just like Dion. You know, let's let's anoint him in the first two or three weeks of the season. Uh, and then it flames out badly. And And here you have, I mean, San Antonio, correct me if I'm wrong, has got to play like 55 or 60 more games. What's <laughs> going on? It's not good. Crazy. All right. Let's go to um, the world of sports media, which I know you and I are very dialed mm-hmm. into and we keep up with. What would you think of NBC telling Al Michaels, we don't need you for the for the wild card in the divisional round. We're going to go to I, we're going to go to Noah Eagle and Todd Blackledge. For the playoffs with Al Michaels very, very sitting at home. So I brought this up on another podcast. Again, I wear many hats like you do. The Last Word on Sports Media podcast. And I come at it from this angle, and I want your take uh, here on this too. I think Al, who is without a doubt legendary uh, play-by-play man, one of the iconic play-by-play yeah. guys of the last 50 years, there's no doubt. The Miracle on Ice U.S. Olympic Hockey Team, Baseball World Series, and now the NFL and or the Super Bowl synonymous with the biggest events and calling them a legend, a hall of fame broadcaster. I think the last two years with this demotion, and that's what it is to Thursday night football on Amazon prime, getting a bad game more than more than not every week. He has become disinterested, if not bored, if not regretting that he's doing this and it's coming across on the airwaves as that way unenthused. Like, I don't care. You buy that on Al Michaels. I, I do I do because I mean he was involved in one of the most biggest comebacks in NFL history last year in the playoff game Jacksonville and the Chargers and no offense to Tony Dungy but he and Tony acted like they were at a funeral during the whole comeback in the second half I mean right spoken no emotion no really building up the storyline as the comeback continued to happen that was to me the the first sign of uh-oh something's going on here or the sign for NBC that we just need to move on. They had already essentially booted him and given the job to Mike Tirico. They they were salvaging part of it by saying, hey, we've got multiple playoff games, NBC, so we'll let you call one of the playoff games. And did you see this stuff that when Andrew Marshawn, who's one of the top insiders in sports media, contacted him in November and was interviewing him, Marshawn was breaking it to him that, hey. Probably uh, happening. This is probably happening. From what I'm hearing, you may may not be doing the playoffs. And Al said back to him, that's in my deal. What are you hearing? It's in my deal. So my joke, I'll go ahead and share it on the uh, uh, on the Last Word on Sports Media podcast. I'll share it with you here, is I still remember the whole uh, hullabaloo, great word, on a Wednesday night late, when Johnny Carson retired. Yep. And I realized for the 30-year-olds, you don't know who Johnny Carson is. But Johnny Carson was such a big deal as the late night host and who was going to replace him was such a big deal in the early to mid nineties. And Jay Leno and David Letterman were both vying for it. 
And Leno originally was named the Tonight Show replacement, but then they went back on it and decided to offer it to David Letterman if he would take it. And Leno's famous line when they finally reversed everything and uh, and gave it back to Leno, Leno at the press conference very famously quipped about NBC, it's great to be back with NBC, which stands for never believe your contract. That's his, <laughs> that's his famous line from the press. Now here we are, Powers, 30 years later, and it's Al Michaels with the same thing going, I got it in writing that I'm supposed to be doing a playoff game in January, and he's not going to be. Uh, so you, I wonder, does he continue to do Thursday night football on Amazon right. Prime, or does he just say the heck with that and look for another deal, another gig? Uh, nice, that's a nice know. payday he's getting for Thursday night football. I agree. Now. I agree. But you're working in the case of this week. The Raiders have already fired their coach and are horrific. Yeah. Uh, playing Chargers. the LA Chargers, who are out of it. Last yep. week, you had the awful Patriots and against the, the Steelers. And you know this, and for the audience here, he's working on NBC where they could flex out of an awful game and give him a better game. And he was obviously more enthused about that part of it. Yep. It just seems to me, doesn't care. Got a case of the don't cares anymore here with doing Thursday Night Football, Al Michaels. There you go. It, it ain't great, and he can't love it either. He's getting replaced by a guy in his mid-20s either. <laughs> Noah Eagle, who who's right. a rising star in the profession. Give him sure. that. But to be the number two guy at NBC with Blackledge college football guys getting an NFL playoff game, that's a big jump. And it's interesting. A lot of times they give these things to people that have been – you know, long-standing, right. right? Faithful employees. Okay, we're going to give you the opportunity to do the playoff game. Noah Eagle's been there for about seven minutes at NBC yeah. doing the Big Ten. But good for him on yep. the meteoric rise up. Good for good for him. Uh, I had him on the sports media podcast earlier in the year, and he told me a great story about you know Todd Blackledge could be his dad. Todd Blackledge is in his sixties. Yes, Todd Todd Blackledge. Uh, gets along with him great, and they do their own podcast, et cetera. Uh, and, and Noah understands and appreciates he's getting tremendous breaks and opportunities because of who his dad is. But obviously, you're talented enough to be at that level. Yeah. Or else you're not getting a gig to do NFL playoff games. So good on him uh, with the call of the game. Love, uh, love Noah. Yep, no doubt, no doubt. So, like I said, great point about it. You see what Al does at the end of the year if he, you know, you know, goes off because people don't forget he's 78 years old. It's not like he's 70. He's 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 at the end, end of the road. He's at the end of the road. And you would like for him to be able to write his own exit. Gracefully, gracefully. But yeah. it didn't happen with NBC. Yep. And so you wonder, you wonder what he will do next. All right, let's go to some action on the field. A couple things. I want to talk about the AFC and NFC playoff races. I want to focus on the top end of the AFC and the bottom end of the NFC which is going to involve our Buccaneers and some other teams. Let's do the AFC first. You got Miami. You got Baltimore. You have potentially Kansas City, which I don't think that's going to happen. Um, is, who do you like as the one seed? Who do you think Balt it's Baltimore's to lose? And, and certainly you would have thought it was Miami's to lose, and then they did lose. And they yeah. amazingly blew that game on Monday night. Have we figured out yet? I mean, Tennessee did everything to give them that game. Fumbled punt inside the five, give them a touchdown for the lead. Fumble on the pitch play to Derrick Henry inside the 15, give yep. them another touchdown, you're down by 14. It should be game over. Tennessee's got uh, virtually nothing to play for at what were they, four and eight coming into yep. the game. Now they're down yep. 14 with three minutes left on the road. 
And Miami finds a way to cough that up in regulation. At home. At home. You wonder if that scars them. Baltimore's probably the top team. What is up with Kansas City? I think I sent you the meme and others that this whole – This whole dynamic of get rid of Tyreek Hill, you've got the Taylor Swift distraction. The Swifties are going crazy because she had her birthday this week. (laughs) Uh, And and now you got Patrick Mahomes on commercials everywhere. You can't turn the TV on without a Mahomes commercial. And they don't look like the same offense, and they, they clearly have shown vulnerability over and over again. It's interesting in the AFC at the top right now. It probably is Baltimore, deservedly, right now at the top. Two interesting games for Baltimore. You go to Jacksonville Sunday night, which will be a tricky game. And then Christmas night is part of the NFL. We don't give a you-know-what about the NBA schedule. <laughs> triple header. They go to San Francisco wow. in a primetime game. So that's two losses potentially so, for the Ravens there in the last It's open. Weeks. What you're saying is it's yeah. wide open again for the Dolphins to take care of business and or the Chiefs to take care of business. And maybe one of them gets the one seed. And the significance, again, is you don't have to play a playoff game the first weekend when the other six teams in your conference do, and you obviously have home field advantage throughout if you stay alive. So that, that, I mean, that is still in play. And it's a great point that, that, that showdown with San Francisco is going to be um, night. Yep. something else, something else for Lamar Jackson and company to be involved in that. And remember Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game in his career. Never. You'd have gotten me on that trivia question. The only never. thing he's played is the Super Bowl at a neutral site. Yes, never Everything played a non-Super Bowl game. away from Arrowhead. Crazy. Wow. Let's go to the NFC. Well, give me, hey, give me a, who do you who do you like? Is there anybody at the bottom of the AFC that you think if Buffalo gets in, that's the team nobody wants they to see. They look good for if right they get now. In and can a team like Cincinnati, who's getting some good quarterback play, is that team got enough to win a game, what, or do you think it's Buffalo or what Buck? about? I mean, from the bottom, what about Denver from the depths? Yeah. The Denver Broncos were one and five. I heard the stat earlier in the year that, like, since the merger, I don't know the exact stat, but I'm close enough. Since the merger of the AFL and the NFL, which is going back to 1970, there had been over like 400 times a team had started one in five, and it may have even been like over 500. All I know is the answer is seven times a team has made the playoffs after being one in five. The Broncos would become number eight if they make it. That's pretty incredible to have 400, 500 different times or more that a team is one in five. So Denver may be your dangerous team from the depths of Cleveland Cleveland with that defense. Sure. But Denver's playing some D I'm no real fan of Sean Payton's Russell Wilson looks like he's at the end, but he occasionally makes a throw or a play. Yep. Maybe it's Denver from the bottom of the AFC looking up to do some damage. All right, let's go to the NFC. Obviously we all know the top of the NFC is pretty stacked. You got San Francisco, Dallas, um, Philadelphia, the three teams vying for two spots, most likely either Dallas or Philly will be the five seed. We'll probably play the NFC South champion. I want to talk about the bottom of the NFC. To me, that's where the interesting part is. You have a lot of mediocre six and sevens, a couple of seven, six teams, Tampa, Green Bay, Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans, Seattle. You basically have five teams playing for three spots. The interesting game, and again, a lot of people are in the game you will be at Sunday. If the Buccaneers, that is a yep. beautiful game because Green Bay lost to the Giants, who nobody thought they were going to lose to, to drop to six and seven. 
We know the quarterback problems that Minnesota's having with Nick Mullins getting in for now in for uh, Josh Dobbs. They can't score. They're struggling mightily. Atlanta, New Orleans, Seattle, they're all six and seven. The Bucks Green Bay game is critical in that in that race because if the Buccaneers win the game, not only are they now in the in, in the lead in the NFC South still, but now they have the tiebreaker in the in the in the six or seven seed with both Minnesota and Green Bay because they'll have beaten them. It's a great point that you make. You're on the radar for the NFC wild card, and you even left out the L.A. Rams with right. six wins as right. well. Right. So you've got literally right now Buccaneers, Falcons, Saints, Seahawks, Rams, Rams Minnesota. Packers, all with six. Yep. Uh, Minnesota was seven. Correct. So – so, but with all those teams with six, it's gonna it's gonna shuffle over the next couple of weeks, obviously. But uh, let's give uh, let's give the Buccaneers a puncher's chance to go to Lambeau yeah. and get this win. And if you do, you're now seven and seven. You're not home free, but you get the next two at home with Jacksonville and New Orleans and a Buccaneer team that lost six out of seven games. If they could suddenly win three in a row and get to seven and seven, that's a tremendous turnaround. For a team that that a lot of people believed were going to be like the Carolina Panthers turned out, or the yep. LA, the Las Vegas Raiders turned out uh, to be just an awful season. The Arizona Cardinals, an awful season where you win like three games, but instead the Buccaneers are going to be talking playoffs. The P word playoffs here, even more so with this game at Lambeau, and I'm looking forward to it. I didn't realize this till our buddy Paul Stewart, one of another plugs. Uh, Paul Stewart with BuckPower.com, and you guys do the No Quarter Given podcast, you and Peter Blake, talking Buccaneer football every week and the nostalgia and all of that. Paul had the nugget that in all the years of the Buccaneers playing the Packers in the NFC Central, they've only played in Lambeau, in Green Bay, five times in December. This is the fifth time ever. So that means in another probably 30 meetings, they were all November, obviously, or earlier. So it will be chilly, but I am told, as we do the midweek peek ahead of the weather, it is supposed to be like upper 30, something like that, and no snow. So that's good news if the forecasters got it right. Now, they're sometimes wrong, but allegedly we're going to yeah. get a decent break on the weather not being like in the teens with snow and ice for the Buccaneers and the Packers. And let's see how the Bucs perform here in the cold weather game with a lot on the line, Jason. And the most famous, for all the football fans out, the most famous Buccaneer Green Bay game in December was the infamous 85 game with a young Steve Young at quarterback. Wow. About three feet of snow. Incredible. Buccaneers in the white, in the all white uniforms. Steve Young making, I think, like his third ever start. Yes. He's playing in a white jersey on the on the white snow with his teammates and then gets buried in a pile of snow with bodies on him and literally literally said, I thought I was suffocating. I could not breathe because yep. of the snow and everybody laying on me. Uh, and there's another humorous thing from that. The Packers won the game 21-0. They announced like 30,000 people there at Lambeau. It looked like even less than that because there had literally been a foot and a half of snow fall Saturday and Sunday morning and kept snowing during the game. Uh, there's a famous moment in that game. I don't know if I've shared this with you, but this is great in the nostalgia where Steve Young is standing in the huddle in the second half and he realizes I don't have a completion. I have okay. not completed a pass. And he looks at James Wilder and says, James, I haven't played a game, even going back to Pee Wee football, where I've never completed a pass. Take two steps 
and turn around. I'm going to throw the ball to you. And James goes, that's not the play. And he and Young basically said, it's the play now. Take two steps and turn around. <laughs> and that's exactly what he did. And he threw him the ball for a completion. So it was bad in the snow. Our point is it's allegedly not going to be that bad yes. for this week. And let's see if the Buccaneers can make enough plays between Baker Mayfield throwing it to Mike Evans and uh, Chris Godwin, Rashad White running it. Kind of a depleted defense. Can they make some plays against Jordan Love and, comp- and company? Injured Packer receivers. Uh-huh. This will be a 50-50 game, and whoever wins has the tiebreaker on the other for the wild card. And the other good part of it is all these teams buying for the 6th and 7th spot are going to play each other. Minnesota still has two with Detroit. Atlanta wow. and New Orleans play the last week of the season. Seattle and the Seattle and the Rams have to play again. Yep, yep. Falcons the Rams and the have Saints. to play the 49ers. Saints, Bucks, Falcons, Saints have to play again. It's a good point on yep. all of it so to shuffle be, out. There's going to be some movement and all that. Because are you a believer in Dallas after their emphatic win on on Sunday night against Philly? They're playing great on offense. Prescott and that offense are rolling. Defense is really good. Are you a believer? Can they overtake Philadelphia? To an extent, I'm a believer, but I still watch them get destroyed by San Francisco, who blew them out worse than they beat the Bucs. I saw them lose at Arizona. I know it's earlier in the year at full strength with Prescott at quarterback. They blew that game. So I, I, I'm not copping out on you, but with the exception like of the 49ers at the top, because the Eagles right now are struggling with Jalen Hurts, apparently trying to fight through a knee injury. He's not good. Their defense has been ah, suspect ah. the last couple of games. Can we really say how good the Eagles are? How good is Detroit? Chicago right. handled them last week. Green Bay handled them on Thanksgiving Day in uh, in Detroit. I, I, do we really know between Dallas, Detroit, uh, Philadelphia, then you you it cascades down to like, Buccaneers, Vikings, you can take like the rest of the NFC playoff picture below San Francisco. And as I've said before here for the last week or two, put it in a box, shake it and throw it up. And and, and who knows what comes out out of the rest of the NFC? I don't know. Every team could win again. You could make an argument. Every team could win at least one playoff game. No doubt about it. No doubt. I, I will say to you right now that the Buccaneers have a puncher's chance to beat either Philadelphia or Dallas as the wild card team in a home playoff game. If that's who the wild card team is, they have a puncher's chance to beat them at home. And I know Philadelphia handled them in the Monday night game. Dallas beat them a year ago in the wild card game in Tampa, yep. ending Tom Brady's career for all time. But I, I firmly, I'm not just BSing you because I work for the team. I think the Buccaneers in a one game scenario, yep. it's a week to week league could beat either one of those teams. No in a wild card game. All right. Give me a quick thought. I'll get you out of, give me a thought on the uh, college football playoff. Who do you like? Oh, uh, Alabama, Michigan, our buddy Chris Stewart will be out in Pasadena for that as well. Part of that. Good for him. Phenomenal. How do you go against the tide? I know Michigan is the story. The short version, again, I've been saying this. I keep quoting what I've been saying elsewhere. Uh, Give me your take. Everything Michigan has done to this point is tainted. This is still tainted with the cheating scandal, with Harbaugh being suspended twice. And I think Alabama gets them in in the Rose Bowl. What about you? I do too. I don't think I don't think Michigan's gonna be able to throw the ball well enough that you got to be able to throw the ball. And I think Alabama is balanced just enough. They're not tremendous on offense, but no. they're balanced enough that I think they're gonna be able to. to be I able think to- it's close. It's competitive. Yep. And are you going against Nick Saban? I, I'm not going against Nick Saban. I agree. Not after what we, you and I watched the game together, we were having a little food and watched the SEC title game, and Alabama was the better team for four quarters yep. against an unbeaten Georgia team on a neutral field. 
Much you can't better. convince me that Michigan is that much better than Georgia. I say Not advantage true. tied on that one. What about Texas out in Texas, Washington? Our local guy, Michael Penix, comes in second in the Heisman Trophy, leading that Washington team. You got the offense of Washington against the balance and the kind of the, the trenches power of Texas, who then, you know, we all know went on the road, beat Alabama. Much more physical down in Austin these days with Sarkeesian. Give him credit. Interesting nugget. Malik Murphy, the backup, second yeah. or third string quarterbacks, has decided he's he's leaving. He's not going to be with them during the playoff. So Arch Manning is now the number two for sure. In the event something happens to yours, give me a thought on Washington and Texas. That's in, a great in matchup. New Orleans, in New it's, Orleans. It's in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, Texas obviously has a lot riding on this to be involved in the title game. Yep. Uh, Washington kind of the upstart. Um Pac-12 only has, what, one playoff win, and that was in the very first playoff when Oregon beat Florida State with Marcus Mariota beating Jameis Winston and all the turnovers in the Rose Bowl that year. I think maybe we're biased on Michael Penix. I think it's their time. I think they find a way to get into that championship game. I don't think it's a Texas-Alabama rematch. I think it's very possibly Washington and Alabama. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch both of those games uh, on New Year's Day and how all of it unfolds. Good for a kid like Penix who came back from two ACL surgeries. Made the move to Washington's had a really, really good two years out there. Probably going to be a mid-first round draft pick, if not a top 10 pick. Could be a guy, the Buccaneers, on the Buccaneers' radar. You never know. But, again, good for him and and, and, and that Washington program in the last year of, that, of the Pac-12. All right, fantasy playoffs. You and I are in the same fantasy league. Are we? My team's awful this year. Is and I like good? I gave okay. you AJ Brown did. Uh, in a trade. Uh you're rolling. My team is rolling over and dying. <laughs> so you're in the playoffs coming up here. What remind me who is the QB in 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 your setting in your team? I got Dak Prescott. So you're solid with that. Yep. What else yep. you got? I'm, I'm, what else I'm, you got I'm, besides AJ? I got McCaffrey. He's doing pretty well. No wonder you're killing everybody. I got Kyron Williams, who's killing it. Why with didn't you hands? trade me McCaffrey for AJ Brown? <laughs> How did I let that trade happen? But I didn't get McCaffrey back for AJ Brown. Oh boy. So all right. So the TJ, the the Twins and TJ's fantasy team not doing great this year. No. It's okay. Appreciate. By the way, uh, by by the way, the pewter powers you always seem to roll. I did win the championship in the league last year, so I, I'm going to have to hand the trophy back here coming up. But <laughs> it's just not been a good year fantasy football uh, in in that league. That's for sure. All right. Anything else to get you out of here? What's the? I think I'm good. The... Again, I'm layering up to go to Green Bay. Uh, the Twins are involved in JV high school basketball here in Tampa in Hillsborough County, so we got that going on. And uh, everybody, uh, you know, uh, everybody be of the Christmas cheer and the Christmas spirit, except for the thieves that are out stealing from people like uh, like powers and people stealing packages off people's doorsteps. I mean, what are we coming to here? All right. Uh, I I don't think I've ever asked it before. Give me the top three road venues for you to do your job effectively in the league, whether it's historic pageantry, hospitality, whatever it is. Give me the best three venues that, you, that you've been to covering the Buccaneers. This one is right up there. When you go to Lambeau, because it's in a neighborhood, you make a couple of turns out of the neighborhood, and there's Lambeau Field and the history of this place because you know that not just in the recent with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre, but you go all the way back to Vince Lombardi and Bart Starr and Paul yep. Hornig and, and all of that, uh, and even go before that to like Don Hudson and Curly Lambeau, and they were all playing not in the same exact stadium, but in the same location right. at Lambeau Field. That's the pretty historical one. A lot of the stadiums 
are new ones, but it's it's cool to be around like an AT&T stadium in Dallas for a Cowboy game, which we've been to. Place um, like Mile High. Place mile like High, Mile High, Arrowhead, yes. If I had to rank them, I'd probably go like Lambo. i probably go like uh, Arrowhead for the atmosphere, having been there two or three times. The Chiefs are so good uh, recently. What am I going to get away with? Uh, like AT&T Stadium's probably third on the list. What's the loudest? What's the loudest building when it's when it's Superdome probably. Uh, Seattle is the loudest outdoor, and we're at the Superdome every year, and it's always a four-advil game, two before and two after <laughs> on the on the, the Saints that were there. It was loud this year in Minnesota yeah. inside. And amazingly, the Bucks have now handled three loud environments in Minnesota yeah. and New Orleans and Atlanta and done it well. So it should have beat Houston. Had Houston all but probably beat. yes, scored should in the final half minute to possibly beat them, only to give up the touchdown. And they got better at the, the prevent defense this past week. But yeah, I mean it's neat to go to all of these venues. Again, the stadium is new. It's the Meadowlands. It's not the old Giant Stadium. The Patriots Gillette Stadium came online in the 2000s, where they've won all the Super Bowls to go do a game there. I got to be there for the Sunday night game with Tom Brady. So I've been privileged to be around a lot of these different stadiums and venues but lambo's a special one i look forward to being there this week is belichick done all the reports are starting to leak out that it's the end of the road for belichick what do you think what have i taught you and many others not only about what's being said but what's not being said if bill belichick's coming back why isn't robert Kraft dispelled everything that's being said right now if bill belichick knows he's not gone and knows he's safe why is he not saying to everybody, stop asking me about this. I'm going to be here next year. So read between the tea leaves on that one with New England. And I, I will say this because I know you have to go. Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame success with the Super Bowls. But there's an addendum that continues to grow on look at the record without Tom Brady, where the playoff appearances are almost non-existent, right. much less winning anything. So how much longer does he stick around, including going to a new situation versus just retire, retire and go into the hall of fame in a few years as one of the great coaches. Uh, no, he's not going to catch Don Shula under this scenario because he's basically got to win like 20 more games. He's going to win 20 more games over the next couple of years somewhere. I don't think so. Never say never, but I don't think so for Belichick. I think he's done. We'll see. TJ, it's on to Kansas City, TJ. It's on yes. to Kansas on City. On to Kansas City week this week. <laughs> and Kansas City, good and angry, may beat them by three or four touchdowns. And then it cranks up again. We'll see. You got it. All right, TJ Reeves, awesome work, man. No more ca no khakis this week. I can't imagine the khakis this no, week. No, the khakis, I'll be layered up under the khakis. <laughs> I may have the rain pants on, too. Lots of layers for Green Bay. I love being with you. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes. Uh, be well whenever you need me. I'm here how for many, you, Brother Powell. How many points did the Twins have combined? Have we got any scoring yet in the, the book? The Twins have both gotten in the book in separate games, points, even fouls. They've gotten right. in the book. They've gotten some assists. They are role players on their team. We're learning as sophomores on the JV team. Thank you for asking. We hang in there. It's a, it's busy, and it's going to be a lot of fun for the Bucks and the Packers this weekend, my friend. And I got a great little Christmas present for you and the missus. You're going to like it. Oh, you're gonna like the thieves, it. The thieves didn't take that. I like that about they didn't. you. I've got the I like that. Gift. Good to You're gonna like it. I like that. Good to be with you, my friend. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. All right, folks. We'll be back next week. Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. Find Mr. Reeves at Buck Sideline Guy on X and Twitter. 
Tell the fans where they can find the Buccaneer broadcast quickly. Buccaneer broadcast, 98 Rock and the Buccaneers mobile app. Nothing but Bucks podcast on the Buccaneers mobile app to recap it after it's done. Thank you for the plugs. Everybody you be got right. it. Merry Christmas to Mr. Reeves. Appreciate the ticket a couple weeks ago. Awesome job. We sat in the rain together and we loved every minute of it. <laughs> See you next time, sir. All right. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.